1: From the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, it's the North Shore Drive podcast. We've got the Akersher Fan Advantage, which means we get opponent experts every single weekend. This weekend, we got a living legend, y'all, John McClain. He's been covering Houston for a long time. He knows all things football and NFL. I got to talk talk some Steelers-Texans with him right here on the Akersher Fan Advantage, brought to you by Akersher here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello, I'm Chris Carter from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, and this is the North Shore Drive Podcast. And this is specifically the Akershire sure Fan Advantage, where every weekend we are bringing we are bringing you an opponent expert on the on the, on who the Steelers play. The Steelers play the Texans 1 p.m. Sunday in Houston, and we've got one of the greatest Houston experts of all time. Please welcome John McClain. He's a columnist. He's a podcast host. He appears six times a week on SportsRadio610.com, Texans' flagship, and he is—he has been a guy that I have listened to for years talk football. He is, a, he is an amazing guy at covering this. John, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great, Chris. Uh, my first training camp with Oilers was 77, been coming Woo. to Pittsburgh since 78. Always love to come there, watch the transformation of the downtown district. And now I think Pittsburgh, is, along with San Francisco, are the most beautiful downtown areas I've ever seen. And I can't wait to get back.
1: Well, hey, maybe maybe the, the Texans and the Steelers will meet up at some point uh, again in, Pit, in in Pittsburgh uh, very soon to get you that chance to get out here. But, John, let's talk about what the Texans are talking about, the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. This, the, both these teams are coming in off of really important wins. The Texans were able to get some life there. Everyone in Pittsburgh's talking about C.J. Stroud, but what are the people in Houston talking about when they're looking at the Steelers right now?
0: First of all, they're talking about C.J. Stroud, C.J. and T.J.,
1: Mm -hmm. And J.J.,
0: since it's J.J. Watt day, and he's being (laughs) put up in the ring of honor along with late owner Bob McNair and wide receiver Andre Johnson. It's going to be electric. Always a lot of Steeler fans everywhere they go. There will be Steeler fans here. And knowing it's J.J. Watt, T.J.'s older brother, I know I've told people on all my talk shows I do here and around the country, Steeler fans will be very respectful of J.J. on Sunday. And I imagine – They'll be standing and clapping for him as well. As far as TJ, i tell you what, he's got to be licking his chops. He'd never say that, of course, but the Texans are down to their third left tackle, third left <sighs> guard, third center, and third right tackle. The only starting offensive lineman who's been there since the start of preseason is right guard Shaq Mason. Somehow last week with that ragtag group, they, were, they did not allow a sack for the first time, and – C.J. Stroud had been on a pace for 93 sacks after the first two games. He had been hit 19 times. He got hit four times, no sacks at Jacksonville. But they know with Watt and Highsmith ready to break out after having only one sack, they know they're the best duo in the NFL. And I'm writing a story for my station's website, sportsradio610.com, where there's no paywall, I like to point out. (laughs) <laughs> about. What are they going to do about Watt and Highsmith considering mm-hmm. what they have in the line and the role that Stroud will have to play in that protection? In other words, one step drops and get rid of the ball. But uh, it's, D'Amico Ryan's talked about Mike Tomlin being a role model of his and how much he looked up to him. First time he talked to Mike, Mike was a defensive coordinator at Minnesota the year before mm-hmm. he came to Pittsburgh, And D'Amico was coming out of Alabama. He was the first pick of the second round by the Texans. And it's somewhere in there, maybe the combine. He talked to Mike Tomlin, first time they met. And he's always kept up closely with how Tomlin's done. And, of course, he's a role model for a lot of coaches, but especially Ryan's very respectful as everybody is. And uh, so all the talk here is about Stroud. Therefore, it's about the Steelers' defense. Hadn't been a lot of talk about the offense, just – because try, it's CJ twenty four seven here.
1: Absolutely, and why shouldn't it be? He's the first NFL rookie in history to throw for nine hundred plus yards in his first three starts. He's got four touchdowns, no interceptions. He's looked very good. There's some people in Pittsburgh that are like, "Hey, we should have waited on Kenny and, and got CJ the next year. What were we thinking?" I, I think that there's you know there's there's always that back and forth about young quarterbacks. You've seen plenty come and go in your in your time, but. What makes C.J. Stroud so special as far as how he started and what he, what has impressed you the most about his game? Chris,
0: let me point out, I have never been able to tell a quarterback's career by the first three games. After the first game, it was Anthony Richardson 1, C.J. 2, and Bryce Young 3. After the mm-hmm. second game, it was Stroud, Richardson, and Young. And then they were out for the last game, and Stroud just exploded. He's improved each week. Mm-hmm. He's being coached very well. Kyle Shanahan protege, Bobby Slowick, who had been with Kyle for nine years, two in Washington, seven in San Francisco. And he and D'Amico Ryan's arrived there 2017 when Shanahan hired them in his first season. And Shanahan told me after D'Amico and Bobby were hired here, he said, I knew whichever one of them got a head coaching job first, the other one was going with them. And Slowick could have stayed there, but Kyle Shanahan always calls the plays. He wanted a chance to do it. And so I think he's being coached very well. One of the reasons they also brought in Case Keenum for his third tour of duty with the Texans, he's like a coach. So he works with him as well. So he's being very well coached and he takes the coaching and he understands he has to get rid of the ball fast. He's done a good job of that. He's also been very accurate. His timing and his accuracy have been tremendous. First game, he didn't throw the ball away. He learned the hard way, throw the ball away. So he's improved at that as well. He's, he's very poised. He doesn't rattle. And one of the reasons I like him is because in interviews, he doesn't captivate the room. But okay. everything that comes out of his mouth is impressive. Every time we talk to him, all of us in the media, we look at each other and kind of shake our heads and go, wow, he's got his head screwed on right. He's 21 years old, and – all the people that cursed Lovey Smith, the coach last year, for winning the last game in Indianapolis, converting a two point conversion, and losing the top pick cursed him because the Texans couldn't get Bryce Young. Now they're cheering Lovey Smith for doing that because they got stuck with CJ Stroud.
1: That's funny you say that cuz Steelers fans were cheering on the Texans cuz they had that Bears second round pick and they're like come on <laughs> make it the first pick and then that happened they're like oh and that that got them Joey Porter Jr who they've been pretty excited to see you know he's seen limited snaps so far there's there's been good signs early with him uh, you know about CJ too I think one of the things that always impressed me is decision making and dealing with things. But one thing that I've seen when I when I've looked at CJ's just I haven't studied his tape extensively because I've been going over so much here. I also cover pit. So, you know, I got to do I got I got to do that. And I'm getting ready for pit basketball as well. But the numbers when I looked at look at the charting and how he's performed against pressure, he does well when he's blitzed, but when the blitz gets does a, impact his drop back that's when his that's when his his work seems to kind of deteriorate a little bit not that that's a natural most quarterbacks can't deal with pressure pressure that well and it's just been 3 games to judge to judge a guy off of but is that something that you think that CJ Stroud has also improved upon uh, since since the first game like you said he's seen a lot of pressure from his offensive line early on in his career
0: I wouldn't say that most quarterbacks, most, not all, have problem with pressure and blitzes, especially right. if they're not picked up. And Stroud is is it, he's a rookie, so it's going to happen at some point. He's going to throw three or four interceptions in a game, and it might be against the Steelers. What he's been best at is third down. He mm. has been fantastic on third down. He ranks either first or tied for first in like six key third down stats. What that tells you is they don't get a lot of first downs on second down. And they can't run the ball because their offensive line is terrible. Damian Pierce uh, he was on a pace for like 1,300 yards as a rookie last season. He got hurt, missed almost all of the last five games. So he was raring to go this year, but there's no run He leads the league in broken tackles in the backfield. And mm-hmm. they just can't run. And I know the Steelers are struggling against the run. And a statistic that blows me away, Because like I said, I've been watching the Steelers since 77 and actually watched them way before that as a fan. Mm -hmm. Um, They're always great against the run. But I think the Texans have so many problems up front. Running the football is not going to be a strength. They have to try to do it. They have to at least make T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith hesitate before they take off up the field after Stroud so they'll make an effort at doing it. They won't do it very well. When they average 3.3 3 yards of carry on Sunday, people here are ready to pop the champagne corks. 3.3 3 yards. That's great because they've <laughs> been so bad at it. And I suspect they'll be bad at it again. They've got a right tackle, Titus Howard on hour who can come off next week. That'll be a huge break for them. Now they need to find a left guard. But uh Laramie Tunsell, their left tackles, missed three games. With a knee injury, we don't know when he'll be back. But I expect the Steelers will be able to get after Stroud. You know, they'll blitz. Coaches love it if they don't have to blitz. And with that twosome coming off the edge, they shouldn't have to do it much. But they're going to test Stroud early, see how he handles it, and the Texans want if there's a flicker that the guys are covered, just throw it away, live for another play.
1: Real quick thoughts here, John, before we go to our first break. Kendrick Green is a former Steeler who was sent to the Texans uh, and has now made a couple starts because of those injuries. I asked Mike Tomlin about Kendrick Green, and he was kind of like, honestly, I've been studying too much of C.J. Stroud to really pay too much attention to Kendrick and what he's been able to do. But, you know, we know his work, and we know his work ethic. Uh, What has Kendrick Green brought to the the Texans' offensive line in Pittsburgh? He was a major liability a lot of times. So there's a lot of people saying the Steelers should also be licking their chops at getting a chance to get after him.
0: No, I'm guessing they will, And but in the game against Jacksonville, and one of the things I always do uh, during the week is I go back over the tape and I do it super slow motion watching every position in the line because I want to know who's the problem. And Kendrick Green played well against the Jaguars, and uh, that was kind of surprising to me because I had read everything that you guys were writing about him in Pittsburgh, and then I was looking at social media, and I'm thinking, well, why did the Texans need him other than they were desperate and he's available? If he could play against the Steelers, and you know, you know he's going to be fired up, if he could play the against the Steelers the way he did against the Jaguars, the coaches would be happy. But the Steelers, I'm sure, will do things trying to take advantage of him because they know his weaknesses more than the Texans do. So I'd be really surprised if they don't play some games up front to try to catch him off balance or looking the other way too take advantage and capitalize on him because, you know, he should be a backup.
1: I, I'm, I'm right with you there. We got a lot more to discuss with John McClain here on the North Shore Drive podcast with the Akers for Fan Advantage, and just, but just a reminder – this, this show this show and this episode is brought to you by the accra Fan Advantage, which brings you, the fans, closer to the Steelers than ever before. Each week on Friday, our Friday episodes, we're going to get into your burning questions with Steelers insider Brian Batko right here at the Post-Gazette. And then every Saturday, we'll have an in-depth conversation with opponent experts each week. This week, it's John McCain. Last week, it's Keon Myers from the Raiders. We got guys lined up all season long to get you great insights here, and that's because of the accra Fan Advantage. Go to Accra-Shirt.com slash For more information and to submit your questions to get on the show today. We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. It's the Accra Fan Advantage giving you opponent insights each week. We got John McClain here from Houston. John. I, you, you've been telling me we, we, we've been texting uh, the days leading up to do to recording this show, but you've been telling me you got a chance to hang out with me and Joe Green. Now the Texans are about to honor J.J. Watt. I think there's no question that he is the uh, he is the greatest offender in the in the short history of the Houston Texans uh, comparatively to the Steelers. But me and Joe Green he's the he's the head of the Mount Rushmore. If there's a Mount Rushmore in Pittsburgh, he is the first head on 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 that on, on that mountain. What was your interactions with Joe Green? Could you let us know how that what that was like?
0: When Joe's wife died, and one of his good friends, Hall of Fame safety Ken Houston, who started with the Oilers, ended up with the Redskins, Ken and his wife, Gusty, they live here. And uh, Joe was introduced to Gusty's sister, Charlotte, and they ended up getting married. And they live where Joe is from in Dallas, south of Dallas. Mm-hmm. And he's a member of the Gridiron Legends of Texas, and he comes down here for a lot of events. that gives his wife a chance to catch up with her sister and we had a huge event and i think there's a lot of steeler fans who are older that would be interested in this there is a documentary being shot on bum phillips wade phillips and west phillips oh wow this is the offensive coordinator of the vikings and it's called coach F- phillips three generations of football tradition and a lot of it is about bum phillips and the love you blue oilers who were kept out of the super bowl two years in a row by the steelers at Three River Stadium. So they invited Joe to come down because we shot the last scene here at uh, Houston's most exclusive club, country club, the Houstonian. And then we had a rap party. And so Joe was here, Kenny Houston, Robert Brazil, Dan Pastorini, Mike Renfro, Steeler fans will remember Pastorini and Renfro. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there were so many there and Joe It's uh, he always wears his Hall of Fame jacket as they ask the others to do. And it was a great event. I, my Twitter handle in case people want to see Joe in videos Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: uh, in pictures, which I tweeted three days ago is McLean, M-C-C-L-A-I-N underscore on underscore NFL. And so I put a lot out there and I'll see Joe quite a bit at charity events here. And uh, at big events here involving the Oilers, because it's not—he'll never be an oiler, of course—but we've made Mean Joe Green an honorary oiler because he's such a great guy, and he does so many things to help uh, to help charity in Houston.
1: That's the thing about Mean Joe Green, you know, he has that title Mean Joe, but he's such a nice person. Whenever you get to interact with him, I've only come across him one time, but when I did, he just he makes you feel so welcome. And I've always heard that he has been the guy that's been like he set the tone for the Steelers because there's so many Steelers like that. You think about Troy Polamalu, Jerome Bettis, all the great the great people that have come through the organization. But Mean Joe Green set the standard. Like, hey, if you're a superstar for this organization. This is what you have to do. And not everybody follows that. You know, Antonio Brown's doing his thing right now. But uh, but there are plenty of great examples that have followed him in his time and part of that standard that Mike Tomlin talks about. And speaking of Mike Tomlin, I wanted to ask you this, too. Uh, you know, one person that everyone's also talking about is Will Anderson for the for the Texans. And we asked Mike Tomlin about Will, Will Anderson. And I wanted to read you this quote from his Tuesday presser. He said, we asked him if he got a chance to know Will Anderson during the Senior Bowl and all the other processes of the NFL draft. He's like, man, did I get to know him? He said, I love Will Anderson. Really talented guy. He said, we go to Tuscaloosa the night before the pro day. We invite guys out to dinner, and oftentimes guys in Will Anderson's position, being drafted really high, needs to turn us down respectfully. And we don't hold that against them on on the on the dinner. But he realized with the pick that they, that he was projected to go, and he said, "Man, I'm gonna come to dinner." He sat to my left. We talked ball all night. He was engaged, loves football, got his desire to be great, and asked awesome questions for a guy in his position position passionate about the game, and it just showed through. This is stuff that Mike Tomlin does a lot. Like he he did this with Mike Fitzpatrick when he was coming in, when they knew they they couldn't draft him, but now he is a Steeler because of the trade with the Dolphins. What has been your impression as far as how Mike Tomlin has connected with with players? Uh, you know, it, it, like like Will Anderson, who he knows he's never going to be able to touch.
0: One of the things about Tomlin, and remember back when he was hired, everybody thought they were hiring Russ Grimm. Everybody says it's going to be Russ Grimm,
1: mm-hmm. and then
0: Dan Rooney met Tomlin had only been a coordinator, I think, one year. Hired him, and everybody's like, "What." Who? Why? That guy doesn't have enough experience, and it turned out to be great. And through the years, and I think this is what Mike's 17th year, and I noticed he's just only 51 years old. Can you imagine if he coaches like Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick into his 70s, how many wins he's going to have? And it's not just Mike being a class guy and a great coach. It's the organization. You know, when Mm -hmm. you see Steelers, you're talking about longevity. You're talking about continuity, stability. Mike's never had a losing, never had a losing season. Excuse me, <coughs> and he commands respect, players, coaches, and a guy like Will Anderson Jr., who is eager to learn as much as he can from anybody. And he, at, when he was in his junior year at Alabama, he weighed two forty six. He would have been a great. 3-4 outside linebacker, Mike System. But because he's going to play a 4-3 here, he got up to 260, taking on mm. ends and tight ends. And he's quick, and he's, he, and he's fast. And he blocked a field goal the other day to set up a short touchdown at Jacksonville. But when fans see him Sunday, they're going to see a guy who, along with Jalen Carter, and Carter's going to win Defensive Player of the Year because he's on national TV every week and he's playing for a great defense, but Will Anderson will be right there with him. When Nick Casario traded up to get the third overall pick, people here went ballistic in a good way because they needed a pass rusher like they needed a quarterback. And I saw a lot of national media say, boy, they mortgaged their future for what they traded to get Will Anderson Jr. Well, first of all, Anderson was the highest-rated defensive player in the draft. Some people had him highest-rated overall because Carter baggage started to be disclosed and they still have first second and third round picks so tells me they fill their two biggest needs with two guys and Chris they're not just great players have a chance to be great they have great character they are really good people good in the community big family people they talk about their family all the time any organization would welcome them especially an organization like the Steelers
1: absolutely uh you know it just it blows me away when i when i when i hear about you know how some how some players perform it, it's also kind of crazy to me to hear that the texans mortgage their future for two of the best rookies of the class like like that what like i get if you did that for a defensive end who was in his 80 like if they traded for tj watt and they gave up four first round picks okay that's more mortgaging your future tj's in his prime but will anderson is about to develop for maybe the next 10 years. And he's going to have he, he, like the will Anderson you're seeing now is not the will Anderson. You're going to see at the end of his career, whatever he's going to become, but that is doing that. And like that was, it was funny that you, you brought that up and, and the reaction that that got, what was the, what, what, what was the sense in what has been the sense in town of Houston ever since being so aggressive people in Pittsburgh are loving Omar Khan for his first draft class and all the moves that he made. He traded up to get Broderick Jones. He traded away. Chase Claypool used that pick to get Joey Porter Jr. They got Darnell Washington. They're really excited about that. But the Texans, they said, listen, we got the, be- the, 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 who, the guy who we see is the best quarterback and the guy who we see is the best defend- defender in the draft. What has been the, the hype around this new wave of the Texans?
0: It's a new wave of the NFL. People are more aggressive in their play mm-hmm. calls, going for it on fourth down. Some of those calls are ridiculously stupid. But they <laughs> want a general manager who's going to be aggressive when it comes to procuring talent, whether mm-hmm. it's in the draft, whether it's in free agency. And Nick Casario – had to start over here, boy, from the ground floor. He just tore it down, started over. It's third year of his rebuild. Getting two cornerstones like that, it's fantastic. People are fired up.
1: Absolutely. We're going to get back to this key matchup, Texans-Steelers, 1 p.m. Eastern Sunday in Houston. We're going to get to that in just a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast. It's the F- Akershire Fan Advantage, breaking things down. Chris Carter here with John McClain. Stick with us. We'll be right back. We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. It's Chris Carter from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, joined by columnist John McClain from Houston. It's the Ackershire Fan Advantage, where we get you his insights on, on this upcoming matchup. All right, John, if the Texans are going to pave a path to winning, what is the biggest factor you see them having to focus on to win this game?
0: Protecting C.J. Stroud. If they mm. can protect Stroud, he's got wide receivers who have been better than we thought. Nico Collins in his third year has flashed, and but he's always hurt. He's off to a great start. Averages 18 yards a catch. Their rookie third-round pick, Tank Dell, mm-hmm. and we knew him because he was at the University of Houston where he was second in the country and catches first touchdowns, first yards. A little guy. They list him 5'10". He's 5'8", 165, <laughs> and he is off to a tremendous start. at 48, 46- and 68-yard catches in that victory at Jacksonville, and they'll line him up outside, inside. He's averaging 13.4 yards on two punt returns. They don't use him enough in that role. But, and Robert Woods, who blew out his knee two years ago with the Rams last year, went to Tennessee. He wasn't fully recovered. He's their third down receiver who gets open. And so the the wideouts have been much better than we thought. Now they're tight ends. Dalton Schultz came from the Cowboys. One-year, $9 million. He hadn't done squat. But I don't want to see him start throwing him the ball at the expense of the wide receivers who've been so good. But the bottom line is they've got to keep Stroud upright. And if they do, they'll have a chance to at least stay close. The line down here has gone from four-and-a-half to the Steelers early in the week to two-and-a-half with the Steelers. I picked Pittsburgh to win the game by three here. Everybody's mad at me. And I said, i got to pick what I think. And I picked them to beat Indy, and they didn't beat the Colts. And I think Steelers will win another close game. But I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be interesting. Could come down to a field goal. But, man, they've got to keep Stroud – I mean, uh, T.J. Watt and Alex Smith off of C.J. Stroud.
1: You and I are thinking alike here. Like if if the Texans' offense, like if Tunsil was healthy and they had they had their whole offensive line together, and I had seen them blocking really well, that would be that would change this entire conversation. But how the Steelers have won their their only their their first two games of the season has been because of the pass rush. Literally, Alex Highsmith had a pick six and then a forced fumble that resulted in a a touchdown by T.J. Watt against the Browns. 14 points from the defense. That's what won them their game over Cleveland. Then last week against against the Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo hadn't been sacked once all season long leading into that game. Then they're hitting him from everywhere. And then he's throwing three interceptions because he's just consistently under pressure. And that's Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy who's. Play, played in those Kyle Shanahan systems and knows how to get get rid of the ball quick to avoid those situations. That has to be the key for the Steelers in this game. They have to pressure C.J. Stroud and they have to take advantage of when he makes mistakes. Uh, Patrick Peterson, a lot of people are questioning about oh, is, is he a little too old for the Steelers right now? He had a big interception uh, you know, last week for the Steelers. I think that's quieted that down a little bit. Levi Wallace also two interceptions last week, but Mike Tomlin's talked about the, these Texans receivers. He talked about how uh, how Dell has become this speedy re- receiver that you have to pay attention to the Steelers have one of their own in Calvin Austin he's they actually list him at five at five eight five nine but he runs four three speed as is Dell and it's that speed that they know can kill the Steelers cannot afford to let the big plays shorten up these drives make them you know one two three play scoring drives because when if they do that then C.J. Stroud is not having to process as much. He's not having to get hit as much. And that's what the Steelers – I think that that's all of the Steelers' defense is right now. They're still forming a lot of things. Cam Hayward on IR right now. Keanu Benton, the rookie out of Wisconsin, he got a sack last week. He's been playing better. But they're still kind of formulating their chemistry up the middle in this defense. All new linebackers and Cole Holcomb and Landon Roberts and Quan Alexander. Uh, you know, So they're still figuring out how to stop the run up the middle. But that's why those bookends, Alex Highsmith, TJ Wan, and also the backups, Marcus Gold, who they got in free agency, and uh, Nick Herbig, who's had a who had a very good preseason and has looked impressive in the few snaps that he's played so far. They've got depth on the edge. That has to be the key the Steelers use to unlock things. But let's not also overlook the other matchup here, and that's the Texans' defense with the Steelers' offense. Like, uh, like we were talking about the Steelers, they haven't stopped the run too well. They also haven't run the ball too well. What has the Texans' defense looked like through three games?
0: They were missing three starters in the secondary against Jacksonville, and they were missing their leading tackle, lineback- tackler linebacker, Denzel Perryman. Perryman's not going to play again. Mm. You'll see Henry Toa Toa, who came from Alabama with Will Anderson. He was a big time player at Alabama. He's he moves into the middle. And a guy who came off the bench, Blake bench, Blake Cashman had two turnovers, an interception and a fumble recovery. This is the first time this season they'll have their safeties in a game together. Jimmy Ward, who missed the first two, mm. came with Nico Ryan's from 49ers to be the one of the team leaders. And Jalen Petrie is second-year safety who missed the last two games. So now those two guys are together. They've got nothing but backup corners other than Stephen Nelson, who's played very well. We still can't figure out why they cut Desmond King, who could have played outside, inside. And Desmond played well last year. He would have been playing regularly now. And uh, so they got issues back there. And one of the things they don't have, they've got six and three games. Tackles for losses. They don't get a lot of penetration to get Mm. people in the backfield like they get hit in the backfield. But overall, their defense has been okay. Uh, They've made a lot of plays at the right times. Their special teams have been tremendous. Special teams last week had a kickoff return for a touchdown by a fullback who Mm. dropped the ball. He should never have fielded in the first place. And then (laughs) Will Anderson Jr. had a blocked field goal to set up a 40-yard touchdown drive. So their special teams – have been good in recent years while the offense and defense have not been good, but special teams are still real good. So they need to help out because if they can make another big player too, they to help shorten the field for the offense. That would help. But right now I know the Texans will try to run the ball, but I don't think they will run it. Even though the Steelers are giving up 151 yards a game against the run. And, uh, I think, uh, if the Steelers are able to get any defensive touchdowns like I saw them get uh, in the other game, then uh, it could get ugly.
1: Uh, that, that's what I'm wondering is is how what kind of splash plays does the defense create for the Steelers? And can can Kenny Pickett limit the turnovers? He did so against the Raiders, and that was a big part of that win. If he can limit the turnovers against the Texans, I think that that's, that that's a huge key for the Steelers because they can trust their defense to make plays. If their offense can just – Score, you know, get two touchdowns. Like last week was the first week that Kenny Pickett threw two touchdowns in a, in a game in his NFL career, and that was a good sign. But if they can get those two touchdowns, some field goals, some good drives, and they get the defensive play without turning the ball over, that to me is the key. John, you you said you got the Steelers winning by three. What what's your final score like? How many points are going up on the board? You
0: know? Final score is going to be twenty to three Steelers. I'm mean, sorry, twenty to three. Twenty to seventeen Steelers.
1: <laughs> Okay, 2017 Steelers. I had it something around the lines like 27, like 20, because I do think there's gonna be some big plays that both both sides have speedy guys on their offense. Both quarterbacks, I think, are going to take a couple shots in this game and might and might hit some big plays. But I agree with you. I think the Steelers, they just if, if the Texans were healthy on the offensive line, that changes everything everything here in this game but certainly uh both of these quarterbacks young and proving things early on in their career. John, thank you so much for joining us here on the North Shore Drive podcast for the Acres Your Fan Advantage. Let people like, let people know of anything any other work that you got coming out and where they can find you follow you and get more of your work.
0: Sportsradio610.com. I write five columns a week. I also write about the Astros and other things, but I focus on Texans and the NFL and I have three podcasts called Utopia football podcast and i make six appearances there and I also do weekly shows in nashville knoxville las vegas san antonio austin and waco and i try to accommodate anybody that needs me like chris i've had a blast being on with you thank you very much good luck to the steelers this season and i can't wait till i get
1: back to your wonderful city Thank you so much, John. You've been everywhere. Where ain't you been, man? You just named half the half the, the, the U.S. and in all the places that you go. But that's John McClain. That's why we love him. That's why we're honored to he- have him here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. Thanks to John, and thank you all for tuning in to the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, post-gazette.com, and find this show, the North Shore Drive Podcast, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and now Saturdays with the Akershire Fan Advantage all week long, getting you ready for Steelers. We'll see you after the game. Jerry Dulac, Rayford Apollo, Brian Batko—they'll be on hand in Houston while I'm still here in Pittsburgh handling things on the ground. But you'll get post-game reactions from them and all their coverage at PostGazette.com. We'll see you there. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel for three months of digital access to PostGazette.com at ninety-nine cents. Click the link below in the description.